Hello, all you high-frequency females and human beings. Thank you for joining me today. As always, I appreciate you for taking the time to listen. Today, I have the powerhouse of a woman, Stacey June. Stacey June is an author, intuitive coach, podcaster, and broadcaster. She's also a yoga teacher and meditation teacher and an incredible mum to her son. Stacey June has a beautiful presence and has the passion for women to empower themselves and to develop and create a world they love and deserve. With this said, she has developed a self-care boot camp. This boot camp will cure your self-doubt, calm your overthinking, day-to-day anxiety and panic, and she wants you to break the chains of your past patterns. This boot camp is no bullshit. As you'll hear in this podcast, um, it is all about no bullshit. It's gets to the point. There's no fluffiness, fakeness about it, and it's real and relatable. You can check out her Instagram. Her handle is Stacy June. Let me spell that out for you. S-T-A-C-E-Y-J-U-N-E. Enjoy. for joining me I really appreciate you taking the time today and I think everything that you're doing just uh, it's absolutely incredible and the self-care and the self-care boot camp is just so important for women so you know how did you get on this journey to you know really care for others and have that sort of call of duty to have this purpose Oh, it's so interesting, isn't it? I think it was quite innate. I do feel that uh, even from a young age, I felt quite analytical and quite interested in the way people ticked. Uh, You know, friendship groups and dynamics. I was, you know, luckily I was never someone that was quite heavily bullied. Mm -hmm. I think I, um, I was a bit of a, not a class clown, but I definitely tried to stay um, above it all with being quite loud and, and, you know, the funny kind of naughty one in a way. But even the dynamics at school, I really started to, I've never really shared this story actually. I, I did find it all fascinating, like who was talking to who and who would talk to someone's back. And at the time it sounds a little bit romanticised because I did find that all quite hard. Yeah. Um, but I think even at an early age, I could see my interest in um, human behaviour. Yes. And so, look, I went a whole big roundabout way of of working in different forms of that, right? So always have I story told or had some form of expression or been in some, I guess, form of looking for people to be honest in their expression. If that I worked as a dance teacher for a while and I worked in music, you know, and there was always just this, I guess, desire to follow a feeling as opposed to what made sense in the external world. I, you know, and I think when I look back, this was, you know, me working from my intuition quite naturally, but not really having the language around it. Mm -hmm. And then when I started to work in uh, radio and broadcasting, I was, it was just very clear on the stories I wanted to tell. 
And by default, those stories were educational and informative and I think by default uh, were helping people. You know, it was really clear that the reason I was in that kind of weird, fame, bizarro entertainment world was quite, if I can say this about myself, quite a soulful driver. Um, And, I mean, if you listen to any of the shows that I did in radio or, you know, later on in a bigger scheme in commercial radio, there was always a bit of a pulse that went from an honesty and from an education and wanting people to be their best selves. That's kind of the content, you know, we wanted, even though at the time ambition was in play and obviously, uh, you know, by the time we got there, I knew that radio people earned lots of money. I'm not going to say that there wasn't factors of ego and ambition that was involved in that for sure. It was really nice to get set clothes and, you know, people to want to talk about your work and all those kinds of things were fun. But I think at the core of it, that has been in me for a very long time. This interest in allowing women to be something they can't see and speaking to people about how to access that in yourself that you may not have access to all of the time or you may not even realise you need access to. And, um, and I continue to be interested in that now so I feel like I'm trying to be that not just give people access to this person. I'm trying to step into a coach and um, eventually different types of psychology and therapy to be able to help people uh, myself as opposed to talk to people like that. Yeah, and just you can tell with everything you do through your podcasts that you have done and created as well as all through your social media, you're someone that you can easily to connect with and you can see your purpose and your intent and you can tell that it's just so genuine and relatable. You're very open in everything that you do. So uh, like even just looking at your website, I'm like, I want to do this self-care boot camp. <laughs> I'm like, and I think it doesn't matter what stage of life, you know, it's this constant involvement uh, that we go through in every stage of our lives. So with your boot camp, what can we sort of expect? I'd love to hear, you know, what, what it involves and entails. Yeah, I open it up for the same t- for one part of the year every year, um, and that is in December. Um, it essentially is my. I guess it, it, if I was to put on a sales cap, it's or you know not even a cap, but that language which yeah. I'm trying to get better at. It yeah. is a signature product because it is everything that I believe I guess, no, I'll start again. Everything I believe that I put in place to create success and a conversation with my true self. Yes. So these practices, these tools, there's guided meditations, uh, there's a modality called tapping, which is EFT tapping, which works through meridians and you can do it at home and you can do it guided with me and works through different blocks that you may have had. I've overcome anxiety. I've overcome money issues. I've overcome, uh, oh, my goodness, uh, my romantic life, uh, you know, drastically improved because I built self-worth, so much stuff. And that's not to say all of this works, you know, alone. Like I have always done therapy and and been very uh, proactive with my mental health. But I believe that this particular course is essentially the boot camp I would put together if you wanted to elevate those types of things in your life day to day. 
So there's also um, a module on manifestation and getting your my take of it. So if you have any idea the kind of style I have, it's very conversational and it's it's not woo-woo, even though some of the content could be classified as woo-woo. I give it to you in a straight-up manner. You know, it's, mm-hmm. there's no bullshit about the way that I teach or the way that I share because I feel like this isn't my information to share. This is all of our information mm-hmm. to access. I just happen to be the storyteller that's trying to get it into as many, in particular, women's hands as possible to be able to educate and, you know, let them elevate themselves. I'm just yeah. kind of more of the facilitator, you know. So I, um, I'm really passionate about the boot camp and I don't think I will ever be, I don't know, I don't know if I'll ever put a course together that really, I don't know how to explain it. Obviously you can, t- you can tell I'm stuck for words because I, it really is everything that I put together myself from 15 years of different study, different self-development, and different uh, trainings, it's, you know, the course that I put together that I still rely on for a self-care practice. So, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's not complex. It drip feeds through. It's easy to keep and you access it for 12 months. It's pretty straightforward. It's not, you know, a million dollars either. Like it's, yeah. it's, pretty, um, it's pretty accessible. I try and make everything pretty accessible. Yeah, and I love that you said that it's just no bullshit and it's really straightforward and, you know, we can get so mixed up with everything on social media, whether it's you just don't know what to do, what directions, everyone's sort of selling a course and to do bits and pieces, Mm. but, like, that's what's so great about yours is it is that no bullshit. It's that really relatable, you know, a lot of people are intuitive, but you still get those really realistic sort of expectations and manifestation in a relatable way. Yeah, I want it to feel like the mate that says it how it is to you, you know, that is your friend and that has your best interest at heart but isn't going to people please and isn't going to beat around the bush because I like to get to the root too. You know, the very first module, which I forgot to mention, was is about why you find it hard in the first place. Yeah. Like we have to start there, right? If you just jump into a course and like, okay, I am shocking at giving myself any personal time. And then we go straight to, okay, so let's start meditating. It's like, well, hang on a second. We've missed the part of why. Why is this so hard for so many of us? Yeah. And that module is probably the most important one. And I talk about it in so much of my work that there is no such thing as procrastination. There is no such thing as resistance. There is, but my point is, we can learn so much from it and we need to start right there and find out why we do it as opposed to just, oh, such a procrastinator. Well, what's underneath that? Let's start there. Yeah. I'm the biggest procrastinator only because I don't respect my own time. I don't, I get distracted, Mm. but it's, I need to see the value in stuff before I move forward with a lot of stuff. That's, yeah, that's a really good point. And I think I spoke about this in the webinar I did recently actually about, you know, keep coming back to asking yourself the question of what what is the point of doing self-care for you? Have you felt anxious and known that you are so sick to death of having a tight chest or running to the toilet or however that's playing out for you? Uh, are you completely full of self-doubt and can't put yourself forward for anything? And all of a sudden you're like, okay, I need to do something. So you keep reminding yourself of that very reason. 
But I think further than procrastination, I think the word procrastination, and I say this in the course, is a distraction. I think if we continue to say, I'm a procrastinator, I procrastinate. It's like we spend so much time talking about how we procrastinate and then avoid asking ourselves, well, why am I putting this off? Am I scared? Am I feeling like I'm not worth it? You know, just looking at a few of those ideas and feelings underneath procrastination is often a very good place to start. Yeah, definitely. And how do you feel like social media has a huge like impact of us as women when we are trying to balance home life, work life, trying to have a social media presence? Like how do you get that balance personally? I struggled with it the last few years because I definitely went from uh, a career and a, a part of my life where I shared everything and, and that felt very very natural to me I think that's very different for people I think a lot of people now feel like they have to share whereas back then when we were sharing it wasn't done like you know sharing your entire life when we were sharing our entire life wasn't really that normal Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas now it is much more normal and I find the more normal it's become the less I've wanted to do it because it feels like you're kind of doing it because Sarah next door is doing it and, you know, Steph mm-hmm. Claire Smith is doing it. Like, you know, it feels like, the, you know, there's a, a bit of a status quo as to what you must share in this world. So I have found, I've, you know, everything I've done has always come from a very connected and meaningful intention. And I just lost the intention a little bit there for a while there. I'm definitely back more recently. And so I suppose my, uh, my piece of advice would be, and, and what I've been able to notice about when I've been leaning in and when I've lent back is what's the intention with the share? Mm -hmm. You know, is it because you feel like you have to put something up? Is it because you feel like you are um, looking for attention? Are you looking for a like? Are you looking for that guy to comment? Are you looking for a friend that you're annoyed with, see that you are hanging out with another friend? Like what are you sharing for? And if you're sharing because you genuinely want to express yourself and share on that forum, then I think that's the only reason to share. So I think, yeah, I I definitely believe at times I would share that I don't necessarily always feel called to, but my business requires me to have, uh, yeah, the ability to be able to let people know what I'm doing. So that's an intention that I, you know, can go for too. And then other times it's because, I genuinely want to know what other people are buying their kid for Christmas or I genuinely want to know what people think about my shoes because it makes me laugh a lot. Like that was me today. So it just depends, you know, it really, it really depends. But I think just like everything and the same with all the self-care stuff that I talk about and I have been going over and over the last few months, whether it's been lots of courses and interviews I've done, you wake up and you are a different person every day, especially if you're a bleeding person, like you have a cycle, right? So It's the same with social media. You don't have to have one strategy. Every day you're going to be different. Just try and check in as to why you share, you know, and and where you're coming from in that moment. It will change. So being a woman as well as having, you know, the pressures that we do like work, kids, family, and we have to create those boundaries in our lives but we have to be empowered and all of these things and these pressures that we put on ourselves, do you have any tips of like how we can remove these pressures from ourselves? Is it all about expectations? 
and what's too much and what's not enough? No, I think that that's, I definitely think that's a layer, but, uh, you know, as I've probably already shared tonight or today, whenever you're listening to this, um, I think it goes beyond expectation and, and below that a little, the root is really about the fact that you are potentially living a life that is told, you're told to live. So, you know, we're kind of expecting ourselves to be a certain kind of woman according to what society says or what our family has said or what uh, the group of friends that we ended up being friends with is doing. Mm -hmm. And we're more focused on what that external story is than getting connected with ourselves and finding out what our true story is. So then often we will feel let down, like we can't keep up with the Joneses, like we're not good enough because we're not really checking in with what our version of desire is what our version of success is and so if we've got a measuring system that's not true to what is right for us we're always going to be letting ourselves down we're always going to have high expectations because the expectations some would argue are incorrect Mm -hmm. because you've got expectations that Julie has as opposed to expectations that you should have Uh, and that is complicated because it's you know some of this is not our fault yeah. There is still a very big, fat, patriarchal society that would like us to think that women should be doing XXX. And even though you may feel woke and evolved and things have changed, it's really subdued and it's really kind of subtly toxic underneath. So we have a lot of conditioning that is already, you know, is already done. The damage is done to some degree. So our job is to unravel that as Again, I had technical difficulties. I obviously haven't quite worked out the technical side of Zoom and having NBN internet dropouts mid-conversation with Stacey June. So, oops, I own it. I need to work it out. But this is the perfect opportunity to plug a new podcast, the Holistic Pioneer Maiden to Mother podcast. The host of this podcast is an amazing human being who I had the pleasure of actually meeting in person this week at a female empowerment uh, Christmas party here in Cairns, which is all about women getting together that have got small businesses to empower themselves and, you know, encouraging women to live their life authentically. And definitely this human being lives her life authentically. Her name is Solana Asha and on her podcast you dive deep into the healing of women's lineage, trauma and she goes into finding the village and our voices and shining our life on the most divine selves and stepping into the conscious creation and also parenting. But don't be scared away if you're not a parent like me, you'll still get so much from it. You can find this podcast on Spotify and you can also find her on Instagram. Her her handle on Instagram is holistic.pioneer. If you have trouble finding her, jump onto my Instagram and search through who I'm following. She's amazing. So go have a listen today. Like when you started you know to develop like intuition and everything and you've grown into who you are how 
I know I struggle myself because I, I know what I want, who I am, I stand up for myself, but I'm always kind. Where there's other women I feel that are empowered, but they're not, they don't have that same level of self awareness and kindness. Do you ever find that in your workings? Um, do you mean, I think sometimes we, I mean, that question already insinuates that we need to be the same. Yeah. I think with women, there is this idea that if you're intuitive or you're a strong, bold woman, that it needs to look a certain way. Yeah. And I just think I often really do do this. Uh, I mean, I did it a long, a lot a long time ago. I don't need to do it as much as I used to. But when I felt really paranoid about being quite bold and strong, mm-hmm. because often I could be seen as a person, particularly in the inner workings behind the scenes of um, the industry that I was working in, which is media, and it's quite male-dominated. And I often found the work environment a place where I don't, I'm not saying that there isn't space to be kind, but I often would find that by me being quite, um, straightforward, mm-hmm. it would be deemed as not kind. But then, if a male counterpart was doing the same thing, it wouldn't be commented on. Yeah. So I I find this question interesting because I wonder whether when somebody's intuitive and powerful, if they're a man, are they being questioned about their kindness? Mm-hmm. And it feels like it is really driven towards women that we're expected to be bold we're expected to be intuitive we're expected to be boss-like and we're expected to be kind and I suppose look kindness is something that I agree it is a really important thing for us to do it's important thing for us to teach but I just would like it to stop being the priority for women yeah definitely I feel like in a way I don't know I just think could we switch it up a little and it, could it be more acceptable for women to snap back and not be judged and could it be more of a priority for men to be kind? Could you imagine that kind of a world where men could be a little kinder in their approach and their inclusivity and women could be um, excused for maybe snapping or using their intuition as a powerhouse that didn't necessarily have to think about all the time, the way they're delivering it and making sure that they did it with a big smile. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Often I feel like women are the people that deserve to have that, maybe that extra stretch because for many, they're, you know, maybe doing a million jobs at home and they're also trying to look after the family get together that's happening and maybe they've also, you know, got picked up a friend from a hospital or also trying to nurse them out of their heartbreak. Like, you know, this isn't a competition, but I do find... Yeah, that, that 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 idea that we need to be this kind of nice version of ourselves all the time as a priority, I believe is unrealistic. Definitely. And it might be a controversial thing and it might people might think that's an excuse for you to say to be um, rude or an asshole and that's not what I'm saying. But I just think I would prefer you to be following your intuition than worrying about what somebody else thinks of you. Definitely. And I think, you know, that it's that level of boundaries as well, because I know at my full-time gig where I work, it's, you know, there's about 18 of us and there's only four men. The rest are all females. Everyone that's, 
you know, management or females. And that's one of the first things we ask any man, like men to come on board. How do you feel about women being, telling you what to do? And, you know, we've got some men that just absolutely love it. And there's others that quickly learn that, you know, this isn't a role because I'm quite lucky to be surrounded by women that are strong and powerful, that own their space, own, you know, their environment, and they're unapologetic for being the best versions of themselves. And so mm-hmm. I think that's so important. And so what you said about, you know, that patriarchy of men expecting women to be kind and, you know, being this nurturing being, but we're so much more. We're so much mm-hmm. more. And I think, but I, I, and I think, I don't think that it's just men that expect women to be kind. I think women expect women to be kind too. I do think that a lot of misogyny can still stem from females. It can Mm -hmm. stem from gays. It can stem from, you know, all these kinds of cliches that you think aren't, it's not coming from those places. You know what I mean? You kind of imagine this older white guy being the symbol of patriarchy. And that's actually not the case. You know, those kinds of attitudes can belong in all kinds of people. And I think it really does stem back from a societal um, norm, you know, that we all really, you know, slip up on often if you're not trying to challenge it and question it at all times. So I'm sure even within that big group of women, there's often expectations of women to be a certain kind of woman Mm -hmm. um, and... Yeah, we've got to watch it in in all areas, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I guess I see it even with my nana, who's probably going to be listening to this, but it's just the way (laughs) her generation is, is very different than the life that we now live. And so, you know, it's a little bit like she prepares dinner for her partner where my partner prepares dinner and there's a different balance. So you can see that generation changing and shifting a lot. Do you feel that within your own family as well? Yeah, I think, um, I actually think my dad was becoming really, you know, as I was kind of climbing up the ranks and having a lot to say about this topic, uh, there was a lot of hard conversations, a lot of education. I think as he's got older, he's kind of gone backwards. I think sometimes <laughs> um, it gets a little hard. You yeah. know, it feels like you get to a certain stage in your life where I think people are like, oh, I've been fighting and learning for so long. I, I kind of can't be bothered. So, you know, I think it is quite interesting as to how this can really um, change and then also kind of take a backward step in many ways. Yeah. I think what's really fascinating about my situation is is that in some ways, um, you know, and quite particularly publicly, I'm incredibly uh, progressive. But then in my personal life, there are things that I find uh, that I am very traditional. You know, I did end up getting married, even though um, that was not something I thought I would do. And and I have that kind of real cliche family lifestyle in my 30s and um, spending time with other mums and, and focused on my little family for now, building it hopefully soon and, and really spending time with that little unit. Um, so I think, you know, it, it, it doesn't always, it's not always what it seems mm-hmm. too. Just because somebody on the outside might be, I want to stay at home and be a mum and I don't really want to follow my career for this part of my life doesn't mean that, that they're not a raging feminist. And somebody on the outside that's a raising feminist doesn't mean they want to be alone all by themselves and, you know, not looking at any forms of tradition. Like it can look a million different ways. 
Wow, you've just blown my mind and now I've got to reassess myself and everything that you just said because it is, it's true. Um, you know, you've got a, you know, a partner and a child but that is something that's beautiful on its own and even though it might come across traditional, you know, it could be totally different from the next person that from the outside, completely different. Like if you're... <laughs> Yeah, it, I understand what you mean. I, it's interesting as well because in my book I talk about um, that it really is about getting to that place from an authentic spot. Like yes. coming back to that very beginning conversation we had about why we share on social media and what our intention is and choosing your own life so then expectations aren't derived by other people. You know what I mean? Or just what yeah. society tells you. It's the same as tradition. If you fall into tradition and you want your dad to walk you down the aisle at your wedding and you want a picket fence with 2.5 kids, if that comes from an honest, truthful place in you, then I say power to you. What I am very passionate about is people making sure of that and not just signing up for those types of things because somebody else did it before you. That's the difference, I think is somebody that's empowered in their tradition and making a conscious decision of their version of that and continuing to evolve it into their version versus somebody that is doing it because your parents told you it was the right thing to do or I've been with this guy for eight years, it's the next step. Not really checking in and seeing if it is the next step for her or him or they in their own in their own person you know yeah and so what would have been the best advice that you could have given yourself when you were younger? Because, well, for me, it changes every day what I would tell my younger self. <laughs> so for myself, like the best advice I could have given myself is to care less about the little things. And I know this mm. might just be so cliched, but it would be the fact that, you know, is this going to matter in five years? Like, am I really going to get I think a lot of people learned that in lockdown too. I think, you know, because yeah. you had to let go of so many things that felt so big. And then all of a sudden you were left with whatever you were left with, which was very simple things. And off, and people, many people found quite um, immense comfort in that after, a, you know, after a little while, after the resistance and the anger kind yeah. of wore off. Um, for me, I think I would tell myself that whilst I will strive so big and strive so large and, you know, set my dreams so high that I really would end up continuing to circle back to myself mm -hmm. I think in some ways we think that maybe this big career or this particular relationship or this thing is going to I don't know take us to this different place and whilst the journey does and whilst you have wonderful achievements that I am forever proud of whether that is um, you know my media career or my friendships or my marriage or all those things those external factors are great big things that I've done with my life at the end of the day when you really work on yourself and you achieve those things, you kind of still end up coming back to that same person you were as a teenager anyway, or that yeah. same person. Like you evolve and you change. But I think in my life, I'm trying every day to get back to her more and more. Whereas at the time I was dreaming about being so different and so bigger and just a, a kind of a newer version of myself. And actually now I'm just trying to be, an, a less complicated, unlayered person that is much more honest and more regular with who I was back then. You know, I was, I was a big reader. 
I loved music and dancing, uh, you know, I was quite social with my friends. Priorities, right? Like these were the things that were important to me and they continue to be the things that actually uh, have always been important to me. But I suppose at this point of my life, in my late 30s, it's a priority again. And so funnily enough, 20 years, you kind of go searching for all this fancy stuff and then you find yourself coming back to a very similar place in a different evolved way. You can't get there without, you know, exploring. But, yeah, I don't think it ends up being – you don't end up being as different as you think you're going to be even with all of the fancy stuff or the different kind of achievements that you do. Yeah. I just wish I did more stuff that I loved. in Like since high school to now, I wish I spent more time doing the things that I loved and not oh, caring. Start now. I know. I am. <laughs> And so we better wrap it up because, you know, you've got a beautiful son there and your partner. What is the one thing you want to tell women out there that can level up their life? A conversation with yourself, i.e. getting to know your intuition is your superpower. But it's not something that is coming to you the way that Instagram tells you. So Mm -hmm. trust your gut. Ask your gut what it is. Follow your gut. Your dreams will come true. It's a practice. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason that yoga and meditation are called practices because they're things that you need to work at. Your intuition will only be a power source when you give it space to speak to you. And without that space, without that stopping in your life without trying to quieten the mind wherever you can, without leaning within and giving yourself some one-on-one time, it's very hard for that superpower to shine through in this day and age. I feel like if your Nana was listening, she'd be like, I, I had this on lock because it was, it was way less busy. It was like way less noisy. You know, my healer, my energy healer said to me once, there's a reason that meditation and yoga stem from India because that place is and has always been this chaos, this kind of full-on energy, you know. And now that's exactly why the Western world are are moving more towards these types of practices because our world is busy and we have, we find it very hard to hear ourselves in it. So you want to be your best self. You need to hear yourself. But I promise you the only way to hear yourself properly is to practice it. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you so much for tonight. I appreciate you so much. And I don't think you realize how amazing and incredible human being and you're touching so many people's lives. Like even having this conversation with you, I have so much to take away and to rethink. And I've got goosebumps actually right now, just even talking about it but I just want you to know how appreciated I am and I know so many women in Australia appreciate you and the time that you put into you know your book your podcast you know these courses they're so important and I just hope you feel that. I do right now because you've said it and acknowledged it so I I thank you very much for that Uh, and just like yourself like it just it's so nice to see your face with a podcast mic back at me, you know, just doing what you're passionate about. And obviously you've got lots of other things going on and you're choosing with your spare time to do these types of things. And 
it's wonderful. It's really, really wonderful. And uh, I take my hat off to anybody that does that because I also know from first-hand experience that it isn't just, uh, yeah, it's not simple work. So no. good on you as well. well. Thank you so, so much. Have a great night tonight and I appreciate you so much. <laughs> oh, thank you, Tiana. It was so, we should take a quick photo. Okay. Uh, my phone, I'm on my phone. So. Oh, thank you. Thank you all for listening today. Again, I appreciate you. You are an incredible human being who deserves a life of so much happiness and love and you deserve to live that life you want and deserve. I'm sending you all the love and light on your journey today.